Well, once again, good morning. For those of you that were ready for Pastor Holmes to preach, I, I am sorry. <laughs> Hate to disappoint you this morning. But just the same, we're going to try to get into God's Word and learn something from the Bible. Now, how many of you are nervous this morning? Oh, it's just me. Okay, just make sure. But uh, I'm really glad that you're here, and uh, we're going to try to look into God's Word. Now, <clears throat> those two words in Hebrews chapter 11 really set aside all the previous verses, in my opinion. And the two words are, and others. So if you go through the faith chapter, as we call it, some say the hall of faith, you look at all the awesome things that God did through his people. But the two words, and others, is a clear separation of those that still had faith, but it didn't end so well. You see the laundry list. I mean, how many of you want to be stoned, sawn asunder, slain with the sword? These were not bad people. These were Christians. These were people just like you and me. They looked to the cross. They believed in faith that Jesus was coming. And some of these people had opportunity, excuse me, They had opportunity to get out of it. All they had to do was what? Turn from Christ. And many of them did not do that. And of course, we know from church history that some were burned at the stake. They were thrown to lions. They were destroyed. Why? Only because they believed in Jesus Christ. And as we look at this, it then, 11 and 12, really go together. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Interesting. And let us lay aside the weight that does so easily beset us. And I love these three words. And verse number 2. It says, Looking unto Jesus. Would you say that with me? Looking unto Unto Jesus. One more time with emphasis, looking unto Jesus. He is the author. He is the finisher. He's the starter. He's the ender. He's the end all. He is the perfect example of what we should be following as Christians. He was sinless. He didn't make a mistake. He didn't eat too many donuts. The other day I'm watching Facebook because I messed something up I wanted to correct it. And I, I noticed that as I'm looking at the screen, it doesn't look like I have a neck. And I look like a headless song leader who's trying to swallow a watermelon. So since then I've been trying to hold better posture. So these poor people don't wonder, who is this headless, who's this person leading singing? Jesus was perfect. And the author in Hebrews is telling us, he says, look, he who professes Christ, that they're supposed to do two things. This is talking to Christians. Number one, remove the burden of sin from you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to weigh you down. So there's besetting sins. Get rid of the weight that thus easily beset you. Uh, how many runners do we have in here this morning? Put your hand up high. It's not, it's not a crime. We're not going to make fun of you. Okay. How many of you, the last time you ran has been a few minutes? 
How many of you don't want to raise your hand? Okay, fine. <laughs> Obviously, the less you have on you, the easier it makes to run. You wouldn't carry around a box of weights with you when you run. At least I don't think you would. You wouldn't put on hiking boots. You'd wear something more comfortable. You would you'd take those things off that were, I don't think I'd be going running a marathon in a suit. Might be a little weird. Okay. It's just the same Christian life. We get fouled up when we put the things of the world on us. And what do we do? We mess up. We fall. We cannot run the race. He says, secondly, we are to preserve patiently, enduring all things, until we grow in faith, James remind us that trials serve to strengthen our faith, to bring us to maturity. We know that in James chapter 1, 2 and 3, Hebrews chapter 12, 1 obviously, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. So lay off the weights and run your race with patience and know that trials are going to come. Now, what are these cloud of witnesses? Who is it that's surrounding us? We look what? To the previous chapter. We see the word wherefore. We go back. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the rest of the Old Testament. Believers looked forward in faith to the coming of the Messiah. The author of Hebrews illustrates this in chapter 11. And then ends a chapter by telling us that the forefathers had faith to guide and direct them. But God had something better planned for them. Then he begins chapter 12 with a reference of these faithful men and women. Who paved the way for us. So what the Old Testament believers look back to in faith, the Messiah, or look to, we look, so they look to the Messiah, we look back to the Messiah. We saw that it was fulfilled. And now we use their examples to what we look. And now they're almost, in a way, he gives an example that they're cheering us on. Now are they actually down in heaven looking down on us? I don't think so. I think they're busy worshiping the Lord. I believe they're saying the cloud is, David, you can do it. You can stay faithful. Beloved, I'm here to tell you this morning, you can stay faithful. You can serve the Lord. You can do what's right. You can make good choices. You can make biblical choices. Not because of what's in you, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Because who is the author and finisher of our faith? It is Jesus. So my question to you is, we look to the dead saints as examples. And they're cheering us on. And they're saying, you can make it. You can live for God. You can do something for me. They're doing that. Now, there are millions of people in heaven in Jesus' presence at this very moment. Millions. I'm going to tell you, the Bible is not a fairy tale. It, these events really did happen. There really was a man named Jesus. There really was a man named Jonah. There really was a man named Daniel. There really was a man named Paul. It's not all just a bunch of fiction made up because God had nothing better to do. It's real events that happened on this earth. Verse number three. We see Jesus and his willingness to endure suffering for the sake of the future joy. Jesus' attitude towards suffering is important. Why? Because the fact of his persecution, of course, meaningful, however, used here, the more crucial point is that Jesus saw those hardships a part of God's plan for his life. 
I'm here to tell you that you're maybe going through a trial right now that you don't understand. But I'm also here to say that God knows what he's doing. And he may be using that trial, that affliction, to bring you closer to him. You're not alone. You're not on some island. God didn't wake up and say, oops, I didn't know what I was doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he's going to use you. And I'm here to tell you, he's going to use you whether you like it or not. You either can walk in his will or you can walk in pain. It's your choice. I'd rather be in pain in his will. So what are you looking at? Let's talk about that this morning. Point number one. Here it is. Write it down. Allow yourself to rely on God. Say that with me. Allow yourself to rely on God. We'll say, well, duh, David, I do that. Do you? Do you? Do you rely on God like you should? Do you fully, totally, totally trust in Him? Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. And all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. 2 Samuel 22, 3. The God of my rock, in Him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my Savior. Thou savest me from violence. Psalms 56.3, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Have you ever been afraid? I can't explain it and I won't try, but yesterday I just had a hard day. I was missing my father terrible, and no matter how much scriptures I quoted, no matter how much good I thought, I couldn't get my mind off the fact that my dad is not here anymore. And I just, I could not get through it. And all day today and all the activities we did and all the things that was going on, I could not get past the fact that, man, I just miss my father. And right now, I'm trying to make a decision about something that no one else knows about. But there's someone I would have talked to you about. It would have been my dad. And I can't talk to him anymore. And my wife wouldn't understand. And my in-laws wouldn't understand. And my mom wouldn't understand. But my daddy would have understood. And I was working on a project. My wife and I do some extra things to help with the boys' schoolwork. And I'm working on that project. And I'm working. And I said, God, I just need you. I'm afraid. And God said, David, you're not alone. I haven't forgotten you. My will is best for you. My path is best for you. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. I said, God, I can't see it. He says, I'm right here. Beloved, he's right there for you. You may be going through something and you don't understand. And I'm here to tell you, God understands. He knows what's right for you. The call of the Christian is to have the sort of trust that makes us prepared to put our entire lives into God's hands. That's a scary thing. I'll give you an example. Travis and Lucas got their learner's permit. I now know what the verse, pray without ceasing, means. <laughs> and praise God, I love you boys. And they're good drivers. They're good drivers. They had those handles on the vehicle. Man, I love those things. <laughs> and the problem is, is I want to constantly give instruction. Because as, as you know, I have the gift of gab and all my stories are super long. And I want to constantly give instructions. And sometimes... I just, I'm, so I'm like, mm, ha, uh, and I still talk a lot, don't I, boys? Don't answer that. <laughs> but now I'm putting my life in their hands. 
wow. <laughs> See all this gray hair? I didn't used to have all this. So God says, David, I'm right, you're right here. You're in the palm of my hand. You can trust me. I know what I'm doing with your life. And so a Christian, we put our lives into God's hand. Now, let me remind you, though, what James chapter 2, verses 19 says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Meaning what? Simply believing in God is not enough. You have to put your faith, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and give your, your whole heart and mind to him. It is the salvation, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. Well, I believe in God. That's not enough. Well, I believe there was a man named Jesus. That's not enough. You then turn that belief into faith. I believe that the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. We are to have faith, trust in the practical outworking of our faith. Can I tell you that a faith that is not tested is not true faith? I want to say that I'm closer to God now than I was when my father was living. I really think I can say that. Because you know what? I've had to have been. Sometimes the boys, I'm like, man, I, and, and, and I don't want to dwell on this the whole service. But how many of you, you're, you're, a loved one is gone, and don't raise your hand, but you still pick up your phone to call them? I still do that. The other day, something happened. I like football. And Mass and Tiger, something's going on. I'm, I'm like, Dad would know what's going on. Then I was like, oh, that's right. But I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you. God had a plan. And even though I miss him desperately, I'm here to tell you it is well with my soul. I tried my best to honor my father. I was not a perfect son. It's well documented. But I tried my best to honor my father. And I can say to the end, I honored him to his death. When I sat at that, when I stood at that casket, and I'm not trying to act like, you know, Harry Humble here and I'm all that in a bag of chips. You know, here's Captain Christian up here preaching at me. I looked at his casket and I said, Dad, it is well with my soul. I knew without a shadow of doubt, I honored him to his death. Beloved, we should honor Jesus to our death. Amen. From start to finish. Someone once said, to gain access to all the riches of Christ, just waiting to be enjoyed, our faith must be activated. Faith moves, faith talks, faith walks, faith plans, and faith helps others. This is total faith that God is looking for. Unconditional faith, total trust in God. Allow yourself to rely on God. We'll talk more about that later. That's point number one. Point number two, don't rely on your point of view. Oh boy, here we go. Ready? Say it with me. Don't rely on your point of view. Because, you know, sometimes your emotions get involved. Can your emotions lie to you? Yes. So my friend Grant Stenson, let me embarrass him. He won on a 72-hour fast. He said, it's supposed to be really good and healthy for you. I'm like, I'm going to try that. I'm going to go 24 hours without eating. I made it 22. I like food too much. But man, you know what, what I, you know, and I, I, I started fasting. I don't remember the time. And I made it, I mean, like a long time, like four minutes. And I'm like, man, I'm getting hungry. Oh, my like, dude, I got a long way to go. 
But you know what it helped me do? It helped me to pray more. I'm serious. I just prayed, my Lord, God, help me. God, I, I need to, and I prayed and tried to work my way through it. You know, beloved, it's, I think we have to understand something here. Is I don't rely on my point of view. Like yesterday would have not been a good time to rely on my point of view. I was down. I couldn't say I was depressed, but I was down. That is not a good time to make decisions. Because I would have sold everything and took a slow boat to Shanghai. That's where I was at. But guess what? My daddy taught me, don't make decisions when you're down. That's the last thing you should do. You make decisions on your life based on scriptures, not on your emotions. You make life choices on what Jesus says, not on your emotions. Because doctrine never changes. Never. Proverbs 3, 5, Trust the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Psalms 111.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and a good understanding. All they that do his commandments, his praise endureth forever. Proverbs 2.6, for the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth, cometh knowledge and understanding. Many Christians get themselves in trouble by doing what they think is best. Unfortunately, they use the wrong resources. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. What are some wrong resources to go to, David? I love you. Don't go to unsafe friend and unsafe relatives for advice about your Christian walk. Don't do it. Are you saying they're bad people? I didn't say that. But they're not going to have the same values you do as a Christian. Um, don't go to carnal Christians. What's a carnal Christian? Watch their life and you'll see. Don't go to carnal Christians. I haven't been to church in 34 years. Let me give you my advice. Uh, no, thank you. Don't go to carnal Christians. Have you ever been around someone that you know they're always Debbie Downer every time you see them? Remember, was it, is it Eeyore? Was that the thing? Oh, uh, yeah. I was having a good day. Then I woke up. It's raining. I woke up, the sun is out. I woke up, it's too cold. It's too hot. Don't hang around those people. Hey, praise the Lord, love you, bye-bye. Out the door. There's some people I go to for encouragement. How many of you remember Ruby Snyder? Remember Ruby? She was awesome. I mean, sometimes my preaching is so bad, I can't even stand it. And she'd come up, oh, David... That was the greatest sermon I've ever heard. I'm like, you're so wonderful. <laughs> in the morning, I'd be on the radio. I'd be talking. You've heard me talk. I can't get a whole sentence out without blurring it together. Oh, David, I just had to call you. You're such a blessing to me. And I'm like, you sweetheart. I am a blessing, you know. <laughs> she used to pray for me all the time. I miss those prayers. I miss them. Man, be an encouragement to someone. Here's something you shouldn't go to, worldly philosophies and social media. Look, social media has its place, but sometimes it drives me absolutely insane. I'm like, number one, I can't believe you just told the entire world that. Number two, I can't believe you just posted that picture. Good night, nurse. That's not the place you go. 
What are some right sources? Here we go. The Bible. That's a great source to go to. Great source. Solid gospel teaching and preaching. I happen to know a radio station that plays solid teaching and preaching. Are you trying to push clean air? Yes. Yes, I'm trying to push clean air. I believe in what they preach on the station. I believe it. I really do. Now, there may be a few things that I'm like, "Eh, maybe not. But overall, I believe it. Overall, I believe it. I mean, I love listening to the radio. Every now and then, I'm like, I've never thought of that before. Does that ever, am I the only person it ever happens to? Sometimes I hear something, I'm like, man, I've never thought about that before. I'm a preacher's kid. I should know that. How about mature saints in the faith? Go to them and ask. Go to mature saints in the faith. There's a bunch of them I can name right now. There are people in this church that I want encouraged, I go to. I want good advice, I go to. I need prayer, I go to. Some people I go to, and they are all older than me. I'll let you decide what is old. <laughs> Honey, am I old? If you have to ask. And husbands, if your wife asks you, the answer is always, no, you don't look old. Does this make me look fat? No. You look wonderful. Just clam out of the blood, brother, even if I'm not telling the truth. All right. Point number three, we got to hurry. Recognize the importance of total commitment. Recognize the importance of total commitment. What am I looking at? I'm looking at Jesus. Now, you can follow other people, and that's not always bad. But I'm here to tell you, other people are going to let you down. You follow me around about 14 minutes. I'm going to let you down. You come to my house. It's not always gummy bear and lollipops. I, I hate to break the news to you. This is going to crush you. Lynette and I sometimes fight. I know, we never fight at home. Yeah, then you live separately. That's all I got to say. <laughs> My wife and I never disagree. Well, then somebody's lying or somebody's afraid of getting shot. One or the other. <laughs> sometimes my wife and I have disagreements. Sometimes the boys disobey. Sometimes I lose my temper on them. I know, I know. I'm not saying you can't follow my example. I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're glutton for punishment. But I'm telling you, someone that'll never let you down, Jesus Christ. He'll never let you down. He is the perfect example. He always did what was right. Always. Not some of the time. He did what was right all of the time. And so you can rely on Jesus. Jesus was fully committed, man. He was in. He was about his father's business. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, and the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile, but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is queer with the twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns, and many a failure turns about when he might have won had he stuck it out. Don't give up, though. The pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Often the goal was nearer than it seems to a faint and faltering man. Often the struggler has given up when he might have captured the victor's cup, and he learned too late when the night slipped down how close he was to the golden crown. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tent, the clouds of doubt, and you never can tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far, 
So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. I can't tell you how many times in 25 years, and by the way, thank you for recognizing me a few Sundays ago, I was flabbergasted. I was running off the stage. I was going to hug George Williams. I led him to the Lord. He was here. I was going to go hug his neck. A pastor called me back up, and the church gave us a gracious gift. I was flabbergasted. But you don't think in 25 years I've wanted to quit. There's been times I'm like, I don't need to do this anymore. Don't quit on Christ. Christian, don't quit. Don't quit on church. I know something. David, I'm going to help you with the radio. Matter of fact, I'm renaming my kids Clean and Air. And I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to help you on the radio, and we're going to have a good time. And woo, I can't wait. And I just get all excited. And I, I used to do a cartwheel, but I can't not hurt myself. And I get all excited, and I'm all fired up, and they're going to come help me do radio, and we're going to be partners together, and woo, it's going to be great. And next week, I'm like, where are they? Oh, they got mad and left the church. And I'm like, what happened? You just said you love the church. Beloved, don't quit. Great peace of they that love thy law and... Nothing shall offend them. If there's a problem, go to that person and figure it out. If you can't figure it out, get another godly person and go to that person and figure it out. And you realize, what's the whole point of that? Reconciliation. Not to prove that you're right. Oh, I'm stepping on toes now. Stop trying to worry about being right all the time. We just went over the marriage thing. Come on, guys. Get with the program. You can either be right or happy. It's your choice. Don't quit on God. The problem is if some people quit on God, leave the church, it, it hurts me. Not because I think Harvest is the only church on the planet, because it's not. But many times people leave, they never get back involved like they were when they left. Now, it can't happen, but it, it's, I'll, be, I'll be transparent with you. It didn't happen very often. Stick with it. Don't quit. Be committed. Man, we got to hurry. i got 19 points left. All right. Where was that? Point three. Wherefore, seeing we also accomplished about so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every wheat, wait, and the sins such to easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. It is a, it's a, it's a marathon. I was just talking to someone. I won't embarrass them, although I'd love to. They're going to run a marathon. And a marathon is like 26 miles or something, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, we're not going to run one. Let's just fake it. Okay, 26 miles. I could run a marathon if it was 26 feet. I said, we're doing a fundraiser for the radio station. We'd filter through here. We have to go from here to the back of the church. Wouldn't that be great? We could time it out. Now, you see these people run marathons, and they run a pretty good pace, but it is not a sprint. You pace yourself, as I understand you pace yourself. That's Christianity. Pace yourself. Now, is there going to be times you fall? Yes. Be times you mess up? Yes. What's the answer? Get back up. Get back up. No matter how far you turn away from Christ, you're only one prayer back to get right in line with him. I believe that. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, if he able to forgive our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can be right with God. You can be right with God right now this morning. Now, you may, have re- you may have repercussions, some choices you made. I understand that. 
Running through the minds of some people in life today is a wall dividing their Christian life and their non-Christian life, they say. Okay, now hear me out. It's the assumption that God only cares about what I do on Sunday, but not what he cares what I do on Monday. That God only cares how I spend my money, but not how I earn it. That God only cares about my Bible reading, but not what I do on social media. God wants to be the God of all of our life. Totally committed. God wants us to allow him to direct all of our lives, not just the parts we want. You ever heard that invitational song, I Surrender Some? I've sung it. I surrender some. It's I surrender all. Oh. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Stop right now and say, is this really true in my life? Am I totally, completely relying on God? Total commitment. And your finances, are they really in God's hands? Your daily plans, are they really in God's plans? My thoughts, are they really in God's plans? And let me just ask a question. And I'm not trying to hurt you, just asking. We're almost done. When was the last time you could not have done something without God's help? I'm serious. When was the last time you said, I could not have accomplished this if God hadn't helped me? Are we really relying on God like we think we are? Well, David, what is that supposed to mean? I'm supposed to, you know, uh, charge hell with a squirt gun every day? No, you're supposed to be living your life that God is pressing you. And you get to a point, God, I need some help on this one. Maybe we're not pressing ourselves enough because we don't really need God's help, do we? I think there's a time you say, I'll be honest with you, I couldn't have done this without God's help. I couldn't have. I couldn't have done it. We can get so comfortable, can we not, in America? I mean, I know that it's, it's cool online to rip and rag on America, but I'm here to say, in my humble opinion, America is the greatest nation on earth. I really Amen. believe that. Amen. I really do. Amen. I think I am beyond blessed. We have a beautiful home. We've got a swimming pool. It's like a resort. It is to us. Man, I get in there. You ever seen Shamu? It's wonderful. I have a grand old time. We got a privacy fence, so my, my, you know, the neighbors on this side don't have to worry about. I'm sure the family of now like, oh, David, put on a shirt, please. We love our home. We love it. It's fun. Total commitment. When was the last time? Let me ask you a question, okay? When was the last time? I'm, I'm just asking. Not trying to hurt you. You walked out of church and said, man, I really needed that. When was the last time you hit your car and you sat in the seat and your wife said, what's wrong? You said, God is speaking to me. Man, he is, he's doing something. When was the last time it hit you and said, God, man, I'm not as committed as I thought I was. I'm holding back this part of my life, and I know it, and you've known it for a long time. Are we fully committed to God? Are we really looking at Jesus? Are we completely, totally relying our life on him? Are we just acting it? 
and kind of just wing ding it along. I'm here to tell you, there should be times, and I will say this, and you can agree or disagree, you should be touched and smitten by the Holy Spirit in church. You should be like, man, I, I, need, I need to get a hold of God. Some, something, I need to change something here. If you come service after service after service and you never get touched, I'm here to tell you in Christian love, your wood is wet. Something is wrong. The Bible said it's the foolishness of preaching. There should be times where you're like, God, I, man, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not doing that right. I'm not, I'm not looking to you. I'm looking at my finances. I'm more worried about what's in my checking account than I am what you want me to do with what's in my checking account. Does God care? Yes, he does. He does care. Is it wrong to have X, Y, Z? Why do we always think that? Because that's the devil talking. That's why. Do you think God is going to make you feel guilty about what he's given you? But he is going to ask you, hey, don't forget who gave it to you. Don't forget where you got it. Why work hard? You work hard until you get in a car wreck and you're a paraplegic. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm, that's serious talk. None of us are guaranteed anything. You know what everybody had in common on September 11th? Was it 2001? You know what they all had in common? They thought they were all going to be at dinner that night at 5 o'clock or whatever it was. None of them knew what was going to happen. Beloved, live your life in such a way. I'm committed. Just give it to God. Okay, last point. Here we go. Number one, allow yourself to rely on God. Number two, don't rely on your point of view. Number three, recognize the importance of total commitment. And last point, we're going home. Put your shoes on. Number four, know that God will reward. Know that God will reward. Matter of fact, you fall asleep on me. Everyone look up here. Say it with me. Know that God will reward you. Again, know that God will reward you. Galatians chapter 6 says, Let him that is taught in the word communicate it to him that teacheth in all things, of good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. I've heard that in a negative way my whole life. It's always, well, you sin, you're going you're to sin, you're going to reap. Sin, you're going to reap. Okay? But recently... And, and recent with me can be last week or 20 years ago, in case you're wondering. Like when I used the word the other day, that's a, it could be now or when I was five, okay? <laughs> For he that soweth to his flesh, so the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit, so the spirit reap life, after less, uh, life everlasting. God's keeping track of the good we do. Amen. And we both rewarded for the good we do. Isn't that beautiful? The Bible says, give a cup of cold water in my name. Well, David, I can't do much. That's devil talk. It doesn't matter what you do. God says, yes. Do it for my glory. All I can do is hold a door. Do it for my glory. All I do is security. Do it for my glory. All I do is play the instruments. Do it for my glory. All I do is nursing home. Do it for my glory. You will get rewarded. This isn't just, is life, is it all gummy bear lollipops? No. But you will get rewarded. Now, you need to understand this, though. The reward, now hold on, listen, this is deep, is 
God directing your path, not necessarily like treasures on earth. You follow me? Well, David, what do you mean? Go back to Hebrews chapter 11 and some. They were directed God's path. What was God's path? Persecution. But they knew that they were doing right because they were looking at Jesus. You follow what I'm saying? You can, I tell my boys all the time, why do we embarrass parents? Because it's the right thing to do. Why do we help a basketball player run the game? Because it's the right thing to do. Why don't I talk back to the official? Because, class, it's the right thing to do. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Why do I pay my bills on time? Because it's the right thing to do. Why am I thankful for dinner? Because it's the right thing to do. I don't wait for everyone to be like, oh, David, good job. Oh, that was wonderful. Oh, you're such a good person. Woo! None of that matters. You do what's right because it's the right thing to do. That's why you do what's right. You don't do something to get a reward. You're going to get a reward. Praise God. But when you can lay your head down at night and say, I did my best for the Lord. That's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. God's path is not the one that we might naturally take. But God knows what's best for us and keep us on the straight path. There may seem like insurmountable obstacles to relying on God. And I'd say at times there are. But you can take this to the bank. We are commanded to follow God, not move the obstacles. There's obstacles in my life. It's not your job to move them. It's God's job. I'll close with this story. A number of years ago, uh, it's been a while. I don't think it was B.C. before children, but we were going on a trip. And we went to Lakeside. We love Lakeside. It's just a beautiful community. Okay. And uh, we're driving, and I go to find a parking spot. Have you ever had that? You shouldn't do it, but you're going to. And we have that Holy Spirit speak to you, also known as your wife, and say, probably shouldn't try to squeeze. I try to squeeze in. And I'm like, you know what? This is going to work. And I try to back out. The problem is when I backed out, I hit a pole. It gets worse. It was on the 4th of July. Yeah, nothing like ruining the holiday. First thing I did when I got there. Bam. It gets worse. I did it right in front of a police officer. It gets worse. It was my father-in-law's truck. True story. I smoked that pole like a bad habit. Bam! Just crushed it. It gets worse. He paid for it. Now, obviously, it worked out. He didn't kill me, though he probably wanted to. Um, The point is this, and there is a point. The reason why I backed into that pole is I was too 
busy being focused on not hitting cars around me. And I wasn't looking behind me. Okay? We often take our eyes off of Jesus and we get in accidents in the world because we're looking at all the wrong places. The Bible says that we're to take up his cross and follow him. Am I supposed to, am I supposed to focus on the cross? No. Who do I focus on? I focus on him. But I'm like, oh, this cross is heavy and it's hurting me. Don't focus on the cross. Focus on Jesus. Jesus.